Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is the Coffee and Books podcast. Oh yeah, and movie podcast now, of course. I am your host, Scott. Welcome. Hope all of you are doing well today. I'm currently reading Parallel Worlds, uh, which is an awesome, awesome book we're going to get into later. Uh, Parallel Worlds is by Michu Kakaku. I hope I'm saying that right. Anyway, uh, it is about the universe and everything that has to do with the multiverse and parallel worlds. So something interesting we'll get into later. But this episode is actually going to be a different episode. This one is going to be a little bit more opinion-based, and I like that. And I wanted to talk to you guys today about things you might not understand about the U.S. and things I like about the U.S. We're going to do kind of the opposites. So these are called 10 Things I Like About the U.S. and 10 Things I Don't Like About the U.S. All right, let's get into it. So number one, 10 Things I Like About the U.S. Number one... This is not in any particular order, but this is the first one I had is the food. You get all different types of food here. I think it's very, very important to state that when you go to other places around the world, which I have been, it is more difficult to get certain types of food. And in the United States, there's such rich groups of communities here. It is very easy to access and get all different types of food, even where I live. You know, I don't live in necessarily the largest city, but I live in a place that does have really good food. And I'm talking all different types all over the world, you know, and it's not just like a, you know, average food. It's some of the best food I've ever had has been here. And it's not just what we're known for either. You know, many people know my hometown as Nashville as being famous for fried chicken and barbecue. But that is just one small element of the food scene here. You know, you have amazing, amazing, amazing food from immigrants who come here. So the Middle Eastern food here is unlike anything else I've ever had. Uh, You know, you have a wonderful Japanese community here. So Japanese food is a plus. There's Haitian food here. There's South African food. There's uh, food from all over the world that you can get here. Caribbean food. Uh, You name it, you can get it. Italian food, you know, uh, you know, Thai food. It's all out here. But that's basically the first thing I like about the U.S. is that you have all the access to all the different types of foods you could ever want. And this kind of goes into number two. Number two is the diversity of people. In the U.S., it's very common to meet people from all different walks of life, especially here in a major city. But, like, you know, it's very common that I would run into people who are, you know, of different races, of different uh, religions, of different backgrounds from where I came from especially here because people are moving here constantly. So there's an influx of people from all over the planet. Uh, So that's pretty cool. But just uh, in general, you know, it's a good mix of everyone in the United States. Uh, Number three, a lot of people don't realize this, but this kind of leads into other topics later. But America is really big, like really big. Most people don't realize how big it is. But I like that because that means there's diverse climates here. But I just wanted to say that, that's um, so one thing I like is that there's plenty of living space and room and, uh, you know, it's easy to go traveling inside just of America alone, let alone the rest of the world. But I just think that's something that's super cool is that, you know, I can go any number of places in the U.S. and still be pretty happy. Okay, number four, it's pretty easy to move state to state in the United States. So I moved from Missouri to Tennessee, fairly easy. Um, that's something that's pretty common. Um, you'll definitely see that a lot here, but just, uh, you know, it's kind of like how Europe is, you know, where, you know, you can move from one country to another. If you're in Europe already, that's how the United States is. But in other words, if I want to decide tomorrow, I want to live in New York, there's not a, a super large hassle of going from a state to a different state here. 
Um, okay, so next we got number five, the music, of course. You know, as me being from a music town and me liking music people a lot, uh, the music scene here is really focused and America-centric a lot for the world. So there tends to be, especially here at Nashville, you know, really good music, uh, you know, and not just country music and not just rock music, but every kind of music imaginable is here. So the music scene in the United States is really good. Um, and I think if you're going to go traveling, you're going to see that there is music in other cultures, but uh, a lot of it's based here. Okay, number six, um, there's easy access to getting supplies and pretty much anything you want. What I mean by that is that, um, you know, I can go down the road right now and I get access to a Kroger. It's not a, you know, which is like a grocery store. So it's not like a big giant journey to get from one place of the city to another. And I have easy access to pretty much getting everything I could want. So if I do want to cook a recipe or I do want to go buy, you know, toiletries and other items, I'm not having to run all over town. It's, it's fairly, fairly easy to get everything I could want within a very short radius. Um, okay, so then after that, number seven, uh, we have different types of climates. Uh, this kind of goes with America being big thing. But again, if I decide I want to live by the ocean, I can live by the ocean. I can live in a desert climate. You know, you have southwest, you have mountains, you have, you know, again, all the different types of environments, city, rural, you name it, you know, suburbs. We, we have it all here in the U.S. So to me, that's uh, very important, having access to going to different places like that. Uh, number eight, another great thing about the U.S. that I enjoy, of course, is the sports. The sporting scene here is really good. Um, you know, more recent years, we've developed a love of soccer, which is growing immensely in popularity as it kind of develops and grows through the system. But, you know, you have other popular sports like American football, hockey, baseball. You know, I have access to seeing all those things here, which to me is what I grew up with and I enjoy very much. Okay, number nine, the history. This is kind of obvious, but, you know, as somebody who's a history buff, I really enjoy learning about history. While America doesn't have the long history that other countries do, like in Europe or in Asia, there's definitely a lot of history here to be learned, and there's definitely a lot of cool aspects of it. And not just, you know, U.S. history, but even going before then, you know, even going before colonial, going into the Native Americans that lived here beforehand, they have their own unique history as well. Okay, and then last but not least, number 10 for what I like about America is the living space and big houses. In America, it's fairly common that when you buy a house, it is, you know, of a very decent size. Um, and I know that the housing market is a little weird and strange right now for most people in the world. But basically in the U.S., you know, when we build houses, we don't build them right on top of each other. You know, there is a sort of space in between each home. There's a green space, so to speak. So you do have a yard a lot of the time. Um, you know, your house is big. It's not a, a little tiny apartment or, or, you know, flat or, you know, a condo, although those are options as well. But, you know, here in the U.S., there is a great possibility of when you buy a home that you actually have things like a backyard and a balcony and things like that that are important to people. You know, having the space to spread out and build whatever kind of home you want is pretty cool. You know, a lot of people don't have that option wherever they live. Okay, so those are the 10 things I like about America, but now let's talk about the 10 things I don't like. Again, this is in no particular order. All these are my own personal opinions, and that's okay too. But again, I like sharing these with you guys. Okay, number one, kind of fairly obvious, especially right now, but is the politics. I'm not a fan of 
necessarily what's been going on either way in the uh, political world. But uh, just to kind of summarize, I don't like the back and forth and the shoving and the fighting that's been going on. Uh, You know, I do support democracy, but, you know, seeing the way things have gone in the last few years has not made me feel very comfortable, especially here in the United States. Uh, Number two, uh, the easy access to guns. That's pretty obvious for those who live in the U.S. and even outside of the U.S. Uh, You know, the Second Amendment was a big deal here in the United States, but for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, it's part of our history when we founded that, you know, it gave the U.S. the right to bear arms, citizens here. Uh, That was something that the British had stripped away when they were colonizers here. So as part of our laws, we made it that, you know, Americans have the right to always bear arms. However, having said that, you know, the gun scene has gotten really out of control and basically access to firearms is, I think, personally way too easy and not very limited as much as it should be. So basically, while there is such a thing as guns, you know, and I think that that's okay, I also see that there's a downside to that, which is that guns are pretty much everywhere. It's way too easy to go into a store and buy a gun, and specifically, you know, assault weapons and things that are, I think, not necessarily needed. So anyway, you know, in other countries, there's more laws that are required, and that's just something I personally feel is something I don't like about the U.S. Okay, number three, lack of public transportation. Uh, This one's also fairly obvious. Um, For those of you who live here, you already probably know the deal, but the U.S. is a big place, and pretty much the only way to see it outside of getting on a plane is to have a car, and pretty much having a car is required for most Americans, just because getting to work is very difficult without having a car. Now, there are places like major, major cities like in Chicago, New York, and Los Angeles where I'm sure you could probably get to everything you need very easily. Uh, But in the U.S., for most people, you know, a big chunk of the population requires a car. And that's to say that's even like the cities, you know. So imagine going further out to rural areas. You definitely will need a transportation then. But just the idea is that we don't have, you know, any alternative to that. So you are required to have that. Uh, You know, whereas in places like Europe, you know, or places in Asia or other countries, you know, you could definitely have like railways and systems that take you from one place to another or buses or other forms of transportation that is either free or low, low cost to use. So something that I wish we had, but we don't have. Okay. Number four is the crime, which I know is also something that happens everywhere all across the world. And it really just depends on where you live. But in the U.S., crime is different depending on what city you live in. You know, I grew up in St. Louis and I'm not saying I hate St. Louis. I'm just saying that there has always been times when St. Louis seemed to me like it was uh, very crime-ridden, which makes me very sad because it was a very good place to live. But you'll see it's often the top of the crime list in statistics, and it's very unfortunate because, to me, it was always a place that had the potential of opportunity to grow and change. Uh, But just, uh, just know that's one thing I don't like about the U.S. is that, you know, the crime scene here is very, very different than probably the rest of the world. You know, you go to a place like Japan, it's very safe, and, you know, crime is so unheard of that even things like that they've had recently, like assassination attempts on their prime minister, has been so rare that, you know, the news honestly doesn't know how to probably report it. But in the U.S., you know, things like, you know, crime here do happen often. Okay, Um, but having said all that, it doesn't mean it's necessarily always unsafe. And if you are going to visit here, there are many safe places and safe alternatives. It's just 
be wary of where you're going and what part of town you're going to, because sometimes you can go to a place that's not as safe. All right, next we got uh, expensive. And that one's also fairly obvious for those who live in the U.S., but, uh, you know, the cost of living has gone up dramatically recently, um, you know, because of other factors besides inflation, but, you know, just a general idea in general of how people feel about living. But, you know, the way wages work and the way things are now have been definitely impacted by the cost of everything going up in price, and not just one particular thing, but really everything. You know, the cost of food, living, uh, you know, transportation, housing, you know, all that has gone up so dramatically. So even though we might have make more wages than the rest of the world, we're, we're starting to pay for it. Uh, so just, you know, the fact of buying a house right now, you know, is insane, you know, and there's an insane interest rate on it, you know, right now. So less people are buying homes. That's why there's higher interest rates. You know, all that different types of things are impacting the way we live in together in society. But just so you know, if you're coming to America, one thing you have to, you know, remember is that uh, if you're going to a place like New York, New York, although it has many things I do like about it, one thing I don't like is how expensive it is. Meaning that like just going to get food is going to cost you a lot of money, you know, and it's the same going to any major capital city you know, or any major place, you know, outside of the world, you know, New York is a center of commerce, it's a center of a lot of things. So, you know, there are people who can't afford to live there, you know, but I'm just saying in general, you know, going to New York, especially from coming where I'm coming from, even though I live in a major city, I have to be prepared to spend a lot of money to go to to actually enjoy New York. Okay, having said that, uh, besides expenses, next we got our healthcare system, number six. Um, that one's also fairly obvious. We do not have the best healthcare system, which is very unfortunate. Uh, so that one I'm not going to go into too much detail, but you know, it's not like other countries where the government basically takes care of everything. We have insurance companies and paying you know, for insurance through your work or through personal it's very, very expensive, and it doesn't really cover all the bases. So, um, you know, our medical system is kind of broken, but that's another story. All right, number seven, it's not easy to immigrate into. It's also fairly obvious if you want to come to America, but there is a huge demand for people who want to come here. And I absolutely understand that America is still a land of opportunity. And, you know, wherever you're from, it is a, probably a little bit better in a lot of ways. It is still a a capital of a lot of places, you know, that people want to go to visit and live in. Um, the problem is that, you know, there's so many people who want to move here and we have like what it's basically a lottery system, you know, like just having skills isn't necessarily enough to get you in here. Uh, you know, you have to really show that, you know, that there's a real need for you and your family to be here in order to actually move here. But, you know, otherwise just applying for, you know, an, an application just to go online and say, you know, I'm a regular person and this is my skills. You know, it could be years before you even hear anything. It could be, you know, a very, very long time before you're actually able to emigrate to the U.S. So that's just something that always, you know, I didn't like about the U.S. It's harder to move here now than it was 100 years ago. All right. Number eight, not necessarily accepting his beliefs in certain parts of the country. This one is also fairly obvious if you're familiar with the United States, but basically the United States is really big and is basically divided into different groups of people and parts. You know, you have the Northeast, the South, the West, Southwest, uh, you have the no Northwest, 
the Midwest. It's all basically different groups of people and different beliefs that kind of developed over time and solidified. So what I'm saying is, is that, you know, I didn't think it was a big deal when I moved from the Midwest, Missouri to Tennessee, which is the South. But basically, it is a huge difference in beliefs and uh, thought processes. And you can kind of see that. Um, you know, I thought they were fairly similar, but basically the idea is, is that in certain parts of the country right now and in general, um, it's, you know, there are more religious groups and communities. And if you go to visit the U.S., you have to understand that those groups and communities are going to have strong thoughts and feelings, especially, especially if you are different than the average person. So, for instance, um, there's a lot of laws being passed against transgender people right now, which is very unfortunate. There's a lot of people who are uh, passing laws against people of all different groups and backgrounds, you know. So we have to be very careful. But I just say, you know, one thing I didn't like about the U.S. is that if you're traveling to different parts of the U.S., be prepared to know and understand that you might face backlash, you know. And it's just an unfortunate side effect of society. You know, like if you go to a more rural area, you're going to get more of that belief than you are if you're going to a more accepting city. You know, a place like New York is going to have a different thought process than somewhere, um, you know, like at North Dakota. You just have to understand that. Okay. Now, having said all that, uh, let's see. Number nine, everything is super far apart. And that's also not a lie. Is again, going back to how big it is, um, and not just needing a car, but just in general, it's expensive if I do want to go to a different part of the United States. If I wanted to decide I want to fly to California tomorrow, I have that opportunity but that doesn't mean that it's, you know, not close. So not only is it expensive, but it's also far away and takes a lot of time to plan and invest to get there. So just know that everything is not as close as it seems. And even within the United States, you can't just easily drive from one part to the other without spending a good chunk of your day. You can spend an entire day just going just across Texas. So just even just Texas in, in itself is a good example. You know, going from maybe Dallas to Houston is a good example or, you know, Austin or those types of places. You know, they're not close. They, they're in the same state, yes, but they're not close. And when other people come here, they expect that they could just hop on and get in a car and drive there. And it's not true. All right. And number 10, last but not least, the quality of food. Now, this is going to, again, sound like I'm hating on the U.S. I'm not. I'm just saying that I have noticed that when I've gone to other countries that the quality of food is better because it's closer to the food source. Again, this comes back to being big, but the U.S. has a hard time with getting quality, fresh food across the country. That's not necessarily meaning that you can't grow and get fresh vegetables and food and rich resources. That, that's absolutely true. You can. But that's not to say that, like, for instance, if I want seafood, I don't live by the ocean. I can't just get fresh seafood. You know, many other people take for granted, let's say you're in Portugal, which I like to use as an example. You're in Portugal. Seafood is fresh. It's right there. It's going to come to your plate just pretty much from the ocean and it's ready to go almost, you know, like it's instant. And it's not going to taste the same as if you were to order it in the U.S., unfortunately. So if you do want fresh quality ingredients, a lot of the time, let's say if I do want seafood, I have to typically be on a vacation. I have to go somewhere like in the U.S., like let's say Florida. Florida is going to be closer to the ocean and therefore it's going to have the better food. But, you know, it's a trade-off. You're going to lose something to go there, you know. 
And that's just the idea in general, is that food across the U.S. is not all the same, and it's different. And if you live in a rural community or a rural part of the country, you're going to have a harder time getting fresher quality ingredients. It's just a fact. All right. So those are the 10 things I didn't like about America. All right. Now, we're going to go into another part here. And this is 10 things that Americans don't understand about the rest of the world. And this is also a favorite of mine. All right, number one, this is also me, and this is not in any particular order, my thoughts and opinions. Uh, Let's go. So number one, you have to pay for bathrooms, Uh, especially common in other places like Europe. I understand the concept, you know, you go somewhere and, you know, it costs money to maintain the service for a bathroom. You have to pay money. Um, It's usually small amounts of money. That doesn't mean it's any less frustrating because, you know, if I have to go, you know, maybe it's an emergency or something, you know, like uh, somebody's lactose intolerant. I completely, completely support, you know, there being more public bathrooms just in case. But that's just the idea is that you have to pay to go to the bathroom. It's just a foreign concept, especially many Americans won't ever get or don't like. And thankfully, that's one thing we did do right is that, you know, most places have public bathrooms. Uh, but a lot of times, we don't go, when we go to Europe and stuff, we're going to have a hard time with that. Uh, number two, Americans don't understand the not tipping culture. Uh, that's just because of how the tipping culture is in the U.S., but basically going to somewhere else, especially places like Japan or, and again, places like Europe or, you know, Asia in general. But, it, you know, tipping isn't necessarily expected, you know, as it is in the U.S. You know, in the U.S., it's not demanded, but it's almost a necessity each time. But in tipping culture in other countries, leaving a tip is almost an insult to that group of people because they're already being paid a really good they're already being paid a really good wage, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are getting taken advantage of. They're just you know they would appreciate probably getting a tip, but it'd be more likely if you go to let's say Japan, it's better to pay a compliment to the chef and say that you enjoyed the food than it is to actually leave a, you know an incentive like money. All right. Uh, number three, uh, driving on the opposite side of the road. Again, this is just something that Americans won't understand because we're used to it, uh, you know, and driving on the opposite side of the road would really, you know, not be very good for me. Like if I go to another country and I have to learn how to do that, that'd be very hard. Um, I just think that, you know, years and years and years of driving in the U.S. has kind of ingrained me that this is the way I do it. Probably would have a hard time. I think many Americans would too. Number four, High taxes, um, you know, this is especially true in more socialistic countries like, you know, uh, Denmark and, you know, Sweden, Norway. I don't understand how you guys save money. I'm not saying that what you're doing isn't right. I totally get it. You know, like you're paying more taxes for more public things like healthcare. But I don't understand how you ever save money. Um, you know, like I get there's more holidays and there's more vacation days in Europe and stuff than in the U.S., but, you know, work culture in general is different, but I just don't understand how you guys would save money. How do, how do you build up your, you know, savings to go to other places? Okay, um, number five, uh, speaking multiple languages. This is something that's fairly obvious for, uh, you know, those who live in the United States, but, you know, we really... Don't speak many languages. If you're lucky, you get most people here who speak English, and maybe a good portion of us also speak Spanish too. But the majority of Americans, uh, unfortunately, don't speak any other languages. They're, you know, if you're lucky, if you had come from somewhere else, like if you were an immigrant and you came here, you might have knowledge of your mother tongue, 
you know, but you're going to have a hard time using it, especially if it's not something that's those two languages. Uh, you know, even though there are communities here, and again, it depends on where you live, um, it's really hard to find probably another native speaker of your language. So uh, communicating in other languages, while it is common uh, in the U.S. because there are different groups of people here, it's very uncommon to find other people who usually speak your same language. So I think that's one thing that frustrates Americans is that when they go over overseas, you know, they expect the people to be able to understand them because they know that, you know, going to somewhere like France, you know, they're in close contact with England and surely they, they do speak English. But, you know, I think the, the French are right to demand that you try to at least speak some French to them, you know, because uh, they wouldn't come over to the U.S. and expect us to speak French. So it's just something I think Americans will have a hard time. You know, we just we just don't understand how you guys speak five different languages and just incorporate it all to understand. You know, if you want to go on holiday in Spain and then France and then Germany and you're from England, chances are, you know, you have some knowledge of all those languages, which was just mind-blowing to me. Okay, uh, number six, why can't I find this type of food? Uh, this is also fairly common, um, and it could be anything. Uh, Americans are so used to having access, like I said, to all different types of food groups when they go to another place, like, again, in Europe. They're not used to not being able to get the foods that they've grown accustomed to. I'll give you the example of donuts. Other countries don't know what donuts are. Going to another country and being like, oh, I'd like a, a donut for breakfast, you might get a pastry, but, you know, I don't know how lucky you would be if you were to even find a place that sells donuts. It's just a, a common example. So when you grow used to saying, oh, you know, I want McDonald's, you know, not every country has McDonald's or has a lot of them. The U.S. is different. So going to another place, you know, they might have one or two places that are McDonald's, but, you know, they're not going to be maybe even close to where you are. It might be a whole day before you even find it. All right. So number seven, why is it so hard to find a place to live? Americans also don't understand that places in Europe have existed for a lot longer, and they don't understand probably the idea of moving there and why it's so hard to find a place. I've listened to another podcast recently, Abroad in Japan, and this is a great one as a good example. Abroad in Japan talks a lot about how, um, you know, when you go to a place like Japan, that it's very hard to find a place to live for a foreigner. You're really limited in your options, especially if you have pets. You know, there's maybe a few places, if you're lucky, that would be willing to allow it. And that's hopefully in a place that's not too noisy and not in a, a part of town that you don't want to live in, you know. So good luck finding a place uh, specifically, you know, uh, a place that has room that's not full because, you know, it's pretty common as well. And, you know, even if you have the money to build your own house or buy a house, it's, it's very likely that the house is small and doesn't include everything that you would want, especially if you grew up here in the U.S. You're probably not used to the house sizes. But just why is it so hard in general to find a place to live? Because there's a lot of people and very limited re room and resources. Okay, number eight, why are there no kitchens? This is also pretty common in Europe, like specifically Germany. I've learned um, a kitchen is sort of like an add-on. You know, when you go rent an apartment or a place there, it's fairly common that you have the space for a kitchen, but none of the appliances are set up. And basically, it's just like, you know, it's not expected. You know, a lot of people go out to eat. A lot of people maybe not necessarily use the kitchen. So long story short, kitchens weren't added on. Um, you know, it's something that you have to invest in pretty much yourself. And if you want that resource, you have to pay for it. 
Whereas in the United States, it's already fully, uh, you know, included in the cost of, you know, wherever you're living. All right. Next, we have number nine. Uh, why do Europeans especially walk so much? Uh, that's also a fairly common one. Uh, it's kind of obvious, but it's healthier. Um, everything's not super far apart, and there's public transportation, so you can pretty much go anywhere. So walking is very common. People are healthier because of that. But, yeah, Americans don't understand that, like, you know, you want to go visit places, you're going to have to probably walk a lot. And, you know, walking miles and miles every day is not something that many people would enjoy probably doing. But it's fairly standard in other countries, especially in Europe. Okay, and lastly, number 10, why are there so many political parties? Um, and this is true no matter pretty much wherever you go outside the U.S., but in the U.S., there's really only two major ones. But in other countries, we see it all across the world. You know, how do you keep track of all the different political parties if you're lucky? You know, like I know a lot of places have different groups of people and, you know, we have ideas about what those groups represent, left, the right, uh, you know, political spectrum. But, you know, it just seems like it's a lot to keep up with. So as an American, I don't understand how you guys keep up with all that. All right. Now, these are 10 things people don't understand about Americans. Um, number one, this is also a really good one. Why do we wear shoes in the house? Uh, this is seen pretty much on all American television, but I think a lot of Europeans, especially in people from Asia, um, are, and maybe even the rest of the world, I don't know, are confused as to why Americans wear shoes in the house. Um, there are Americans who don't like wearing shoes in the house. My wife is one of them. To me, it does not matter. But the, I, I understand the concept. You know, you don't want to wear something that is dirty and you don't know, track in dirt in your house, you know, you have to clean it already. So why would you want to track in something you've been walking on all day? It's disgusting. You walk on outside, there's dirt, there's cigarette butts, gum, whatever else you're bringing into your house. You probably don't want to do that. But number one is why do Americans wear shoes in their house? This just seems how it's uh, done naturally. I think most people just wear socks. You know, I think it's just television has given you that idea. Um, number two, tipping culture. Uh, people don't understand why in the U.S. specifically, why do we have to tip so much? Well, it's a complicated thing, but basically in the U.S., uh, waiters, waitresses, people who are working in the restaurant workforce often are paid a lot less money, and it is the responsibility of the patron to make up the wage for them. So when you don't tip or tip low amounts, basically that person is not getting the uh, full amount of their wage, and they're basically working for very little. Um, and so there are thousands and thousands of cases of basically Americans complaining about them not getting tips when Europeans come to visit in the U.S. I understand it's probably a fairly common problem, but even things like 10% are considered too low in the U.S. You know, the tipping culture here is kind of outrageous and has gotten a little bit ridiculous in recent years. Uh, a great, great example is, you know, if I go to Subway and order a sandwich, you know, they want me to tip 25% on the sandwich for them making a sandwich, even though that's kind of included already. I also don't believe a lot of the time the tips actually go to the people. So, you know, you have to be cautious when tipping. Uh, but I believe if you're going to eat in a full service restaurant, you should tip at least 20% um, in the U.S. And that's just because that's the standard. Now, if it was really good service, I understand tipping more. If it was really bad service, I understand tipping less. But just in general, the, the goal is basically 20% or 15 to 20%, I would say. Um, having said all that, um, 
yeah, it's very unfortunate. I wish that we would change it. You know, I think restaurants would become more expensive if they had to pay a living wage. But if they paid a living wage and we could do a way of tipping, I think it would make it a lot better. Uh, you might say, well, why isn't it, you know, why is it not the responsibility of the restaurant and not the, you know, people in the U.S.? Or, you know, why would I have to be responsible for paying their wages? That's just the way the lobbying system worked. Whoever came up with it was pretty smart. They just passed that expense on to a customer. All right, next we got uh, number three. Why are so many Americans fat? Um, not trying to be offensive, I'm just saying in general, this is very true. <laughs> if there was uh, any indication, it's just pretty much come here, go to Walmart, you see exactly what I mean, uh, which is sad and unfortunate. But basically what it comes down to is that we, as I said before, do not do things like walk to many places. We're sitting a lot. We're driving when we're, we're sitting when we're driving. We're sitting when we're at work. We're sitting when we're at home watching television. It's pretty much all the time. And so sitting is not necessarily the best thing for you. So I'm just being honest here and saying that um, Americans just have kind of a bad diet because, like I said, it comes down to the quality of food and what you do have access to. And not only that, um, you know, just the lack of, you know, physical activity that we do in general has just led to increasing consumption of bad food and junk food. And it usually leads to, in general, the whole population getting fatter. So it's just unfortunately, many Europeans are surprised and many other groups of people are surprised when they come to the U.S. and they see how fat we all actually are, which is sad, but it is kind of true. All right. Next, um, why do Americans only really speak one or two languages? Again, it comes down to uh, there are people who do probably speak more. I'm not saying they don't, but they are. Uh, but the majority of people are taught, maybe if they're lucky, one language in school when you're growing up. Like in high school, I studied Spanish, but only a little bit of Spanish, and that was years ago, and therefore I don't really practice it anymore. But just to give you an idea, um, Spanish would be probably a more useful language here in the U.S. as there are people who do speak it regularly. But just in general, um, you know, I think a lot of Europeans are surprised that Americans really only speak English. How do they get by? Well, that's just the way the world is here, you know. It's expected that if you come to the U.S., you know, that most people are going to speak English or some degree of English. Okay, next, uh, why don't we do things like banning guns? Um, I w went back to an earlier argument about the Second Amendment, but basically what it comes down to is our politics. Again, unfortunate, but, you know, it's a struggle right now to, for the two groups of political parties here in the U.S. to pass laws. Um, I hope that one day they do, you know, get their stuff together and that they say, hey, now we're going to limit access to it. I don't know if they'll ban them completely, but, um, I, you know, I hope they do. I think that, you know, it's something that is complicated and is a very, very powerful issue here in the U.S. right now. Okay, number six, why do all Americans pretty much have a car? Again, came down to Americans have a car because we need a car. Uh, again, lack of public transportation. Uh, but it's also the American dream to own a car and to go places in your car. It's been sold to us many, many, many times over. So just in movies and stuff in general, people want cars. They have access to cars. Cars are cheaper here than in other places. Um, they are still expensive, but not nearly as expensive as if you go order it somewhere else. Um, but yeah, that's just why pretty much everyone has a car. Number seven, why do some Americans not travel outside the U.S.? Um, comes down to is that uh, we do only speak 
you know, if we're lucky, one or two languages. So going to somewhere else would be really hard uh, and expensive, you know, because everything else is far away and, you know, costs a lot of money. But in general, America is huge and there's a lot to see here. Uh, I, I have nothing against people who just want to travel to the U.S. I get it. It's easier. You have less to worry about. Um, having said that, um, I personally prefer to travel outside the U.S. But uh, just in general, uh, there are many Americans who just only want to travel where they can drive to. And I understand, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think you're missing out on some of the greatest things on the planet. All right, number eight. Why is there no public transportation? comes down to basically how we do our taxes. Um, you know, the idea of public transportation is always raised, um, and it, no matter where you live, it's always kind of raised up in the city as like this would be a good idea, but usually gets shot down because of statistics like crime and expense. Uh, the expense is probably a big one and the inconvenience of it. I know here, at least where I live, the idea of shutting down a lot of roads to build a public transportation sounds good, but it would be hell on earth getting anywhere for until they build it. Um, you know, it would be something that would be very useful, but, um, you know, I think that many people here would rather see their tax dollars, unfortunately, go to some other cause. Um, and, you know, things like, uh, let's say, sports is kind of where a lot of tax dollars end up going, which is sad, but, you know, that it's to draw people here, like tourism. So, uh, at the end of the day, um, there's not a lot of public transportation system here because, you know, we've only been here for so long. There's not been enough that's been built up. Um, I hope that they do decide to build more places, but really it comes down to how people vote and if they are going to vote it through or not. All right, next we have um, number nine, why are Americans so friendly, extroverted? Uh, this one I get a lot. I, I understand now as an introvert and extrovert, I'm kind of in the middle, but there are definitely, definitely more people in the U.S. that are more friendly than you would find in the rest of the planet. I know for fact, you go to places like Germany, small talk isn't a thing. Small talk isn't a thing in a lot of countries. Uh, you know, that's not to say that those people probably don't enjoy it, but, um, you know, a lot of the time, small talk is not something as fairly common there as it is here in the U.S., and it's just that, in general, it's expected that in the U.S., if you were to go sit at a bar, you can make a friend very easily. If you were to go to a coffee shop, you could strike up a conversation without it being weird with the person next to you. It is not common to do that in the rest of the world. And that's not something many Americans have ever realized, but that's true. A lot of people ask, why is it Americans are so extroverted? It's because we have the expectation that everybody else is kind of like us in that sense of, like, if we're doing something you know, we could easily make friends. So anyway, that's not how the rest of the world is, but that just seems to be what people expect. Okay, and lastly, number 10, why is football or soccer not popular here in the U.S. as compared to the rest of the world? This one is changing. It's growing very popular, and it's growing to be very popular here in the U.S. I hope it continues. Uh, <laughs> it's just the kind of thing that you know, it was not very common in the U.S., and more recently, it's been placed in a lot of public school systems as like an after-school program that's maybe safer for kids to play than American football. You know, um, you know, it's safer. I think with concussions and other sports and other activities, hockey, people are more worried about physical injury now, and soccer in the U.S. or football and the rest of the world 
is changing, you know, and here in the U.S., I think you're going to see more and more people play soccer, and it's growing very quickly in popularity. Having said that, it's not nearly as big as any of the other sports. There are three, other, three or four other major sports, basketball, hockey, and American football, and baseball. Um, it will grow, but, you know, I think a large portion of the people right now love American football, in the U.S., I think that's something you really only see here, and you can't understand or appreciate it unless you're here in the U.S. Um, I know they're trying to get it to go to you know Europe and other countries. I hope they do. I hope it succeeds. But right now, for the time being, Americans are obsessed with things like baseball and American football and hockey and basketball. We'll see where soccer comes in in the future. All right, so that is my podcast today, the 10 Things I Like, Don't Like About America, and the 10 things that Americans don't understand about the rest of the world, and the 10 things that other people don't understand about Americans. All right, so that kind of sums up everything. Thank you for letting me ramble for 40 minutes. Wow, it's probably the longest podcast ever. Uh, thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Tell me what you think. Uh, please share this podcast with a friend if you liked it. Um, I'm going to leave questions on my Spotify. What do you guys think? Did you like this episode? Um, I enjoyed doing it. I thought you guys might like all my questions and stuff I thought of uh, up today. And uh, thanks again for listening and being out there and, you know, sharing this because that's really greatly appreciated. And uh, like you guys, and thanks again for sticking around for the whole episode. 